everyone, welcome into this end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff with you on this Friday, November 6th. Counting down towards the end of the season as we approach the state playoffs. We have the state playoffs starting in Skiza. But uh, some big region games tonight, Lindsey, including our game of the week. Islands at New Hampstead in Pooler. Uh, both teams entering 4-0, and this is going to be a really fun one between two undefeated Chatham County teams. I feel like this game is almost a de facto city championship with these two teams entering, uh, both with undefeated records, two good football teams. Um, it should be a fun game for you out in Pooler tonight. Yeah, and not only are they both undefeated, you mentioned that city championship game. There's some some state playoff seeding implications here. The winner of this one's going to be the two seed in Region 3 Quad A, which would guarantee at least one home playoff game. But the thing about it to me, Lindsay, is it's kind of like looking in a mirror. That it's this is this is the Spider-Man meme of high school football games tonight. Um with Islands and New Hampstead, both very similar teams, at least in terms of stats and both offensively and defensively. New Hampshire Islands rank in the top 10 of class 4A. The Islands defense allows just six points a game. The New Hampshire defense allows just five points a game. That's third and fourth in class 4A. Offensively, Islands about 36 and a half points a game. New Hampshire about 42 points a game, second and sixth, respectively, in class 4A. And they're the two newest schools in Chatham County. there's a lot of similarities between these programs. There's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, a, a little bit of rivalry in it in that they are the new kids on the block uh, for, for Chatham County. And I'm interested to see how their similarities and the differences play out tonight in Pooler. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it'll be a really fun one to watch. And uh yeah, like you mentioned, state playoff implications happening this Friday night. It almost feels like football season should still be early. It's gone by really fast. Yeah, the the matchup for me, I think, to watch tonight is how the New Hampstead defense is going to be able to contain Islands quarterback Jaden Adams, who's really kind of been the, the spark plug for the Shark offense. Leads the team in rushing over 300 yards. He's thrown for over 500 yards. He's got 13 total touchdowns. As he goes, the Sharks' offense goes. New Hampstead knows that. Um, That's going to be the the matchup that I'm watching tonight is how can the Phoenix kind of contain him and and not allow him to to use his weapons like Donovan Davilar, like Abdul Lara, in in getting involved in the game. And we'll see how it goes. In terms of historically for, for these programs, four wins this year, ties for the most in Ireland's history, of course, their season was a little bit altered last season due to the GHSA sanctions. As for New Hampstead, a fifth win in a row to start the season would tie the program's longest ever winning streak. So uh, some things at stake there in terms of stats and, and, and history for nerds like me in this Islands New Hampstead game tonight. That's a 7.30 kickoff at Pooler Stadium. I'll be there and we'll be live uh, from Pooler for the end zone tonight during the news at 11. 
couple other games to watch tonight. We've got a couple of region contests in, in Region 3A private that are interesting, but it's the results that will make this even more interesting. We've got Savannah Country Day going to Midtown to take on Calvary, and then Savannah Christian traveling to Augusta to take on Aquinas. Now, Country Day and Christian both winners last week, Calvary and Aquinas both losers. So we flip those results, Lindsay, and Calvary gets the better of Country Day, and Aquinas takes down Savannah Christian at home. We've got ourselves a four-way tie in region play at one and one with one game to play in two weeks. So not exactly rooting for chaos here, but it's something to pay attention to as it appears this region is really going to go down to the very last week. Yeah, Country Day made it interesting for us last week with that win. Kind of thought Savannah Christian might have it in the bag prematurely, and uh, Country Day said not so quick. So um, because of that, it makes these Friday night games a lot more interesting than they would have been otherwise. Yeah, and and d- despite the results last week, I mean, look at what it was. It was a seven-point win for Christian over Calvary and a one-point win for, for Country Day over Aquinas. So yeah. not these four teams are, are packed in tightly. Uh, you know the Savannah schools know each other well. Aquinas certainly a team with a lot of talent and a lot of history as well. Um, we, we thought this region was going to be hotly contested, and it's proving out to be, and tonight could be another step in that as well. We've got Richmond Hill going down I-95 to Glen Academy to take on the Red Terrors in Brunswick. The Wildcats can clinch their second straight region title with a victory tonight. Richmond Hills won eight straight region games. They were the favorite coming into this year. But, Lindsay, Glenn has given Richmond Hill some trouble in recent years. You, you look at kind of the latest results between these teams, and there's not really the two wins that, that Richmond Hill has over the last three years over Glenn Academy have been by six and nine points. So, you know, it's not like Glenn is – not there with the Wildcats. There's always a lot of talent on these Red Terror teams. And Glenn comes in tonight to tonight with three straight victories. They've got the talent. They know what they want to do at Glenn Academy. Rocky Dalgo's always got that team playing hard and playing well. The question tonight is going to be, can the Wildcats overcome being on the road, taking on a motivated team in Glenn Academy, and, and handle their business and clinch a region championship. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Terrors. The, the, I don't think they forgot those last two wins. Um, Richmond Hill is rolling, obviously, but I, I think it could be a challenge tonight, and it could come down to the wire. I think it could be a really close game down in Brunswick. Yeah, one of the, one of the keys tonight, and this one for the Wildcats, going to be containing T.J. Lewis, the Terrors senior quarterback, a Louisville commit. We I've seen him in person a few times. He's big, he's fast, and, and he's got an arm when he needs it. Um, he's a really good player, and he's one of those guys that you, you see these in, in upsets all the time, Lindsay. There, there's one player usually that kind of rises above for the team that pulls the upset. Could Lewis be that guy tonight for Glenn as they try to keep the Wildcats from a second straight region title? Lindsay, two games you'll be headed to tonight. Uh, in the Region 2 AA race that continues to be nutty. 
Toombs County going to Vidalia in that in-county rivalry. And then we've got Jeff Davis traveling to Swainsboro. Vidalia and Swainsboro lead this region. They're 2-0 each. Jeff Davis and Toombs County each with one loss. And so kind of like that Region 3A private race, two games tonight that could provide either some clarity of the region title race or even more confusion depending on what happens. Yeah, I'm excited. I've not been to games um, at these places yet, so I'm excited to get to make the trek up there. That's usually Dow Kennedy territory. Uh, so we'll be up there, and, um, yeah, region implications yet again. Um, I imagine the fans will be excited and the players will be, I don't want to say turned up. That sounds like a cliche, but <laughs> they'll be ready to go. I don't know if they'll be turned. But, um, yeah, I'm excited is, is to turn, get to, Is turned still a thing? You're our young Yeah, person. I don't think it is. I think I might yeah. be showing my age a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to make the trip up there to see. Lindsay, Lindsay Goff is the young person correspondent for our uh, WTMC Sports Podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and Vidalia obviously starting to kind of find their groove under Jason Cameron, but this Toombs County team is very good, and they've, they're right there um, in terms of what they've done this season. Certainly wouldn't shock anybody if they were able to, to win a ball game over at Buck Cravey Field. And I kind of feel the same way about Jeff Davis and Swainsboro. This Jeff Davis yeah. team is talented, um, kind of – got their, you know, got their tails kicked a little bit by Vidalia a couple weeks ago, but uh, Lance Hilton's always going to have the Yellow Jackets ready to play. Uh, I think these are two of the more interesting games to watch tonight, uh, not just because of the teams playing, but obviously because of the region implications uh, that will be there as well. We've got Skeezes State Playoffs beginning tonight. The two state title favorites in our area, Hilton Head Christian and Thomas Hayward, both at home, both expected to win uh, going away. Hilton Head Christian hosting Spartanburg Christian, Thomas Hayward hosting Christian Academy. But we've got a couple other teams on the road tonight, Buford Academy, Hilton Head Prep, and Bethesda Academy all opening the state playoffs on the road this evening. We'll have scores and highlights from all those games. As uh, Skiza's tournament begins, it's an 18 tournament in each class. So in just a couple weeks, we'll be, uh, finding out state champions for the first uh, of 2020. Lindsay, it's a really good college football weekend, or at least it is on paper. It's hopefully going to be entertaining. And it starts with the one in Jacksonville, 3.30 right here on WTOC. Georgia and Florida, a top 10 showdown between the Dogs and the Gators. Georgia looking for their fourth straight win in this series. And to me, Lindsay, this game comes down to two very simple questions but hard to answer. Can Georgia's beat-up defense slow down this lethal Florida offense? And can Georgia's offense score enough? Those are the two key questions for this game. And if the dogs answer, don't even have to answer both of them. If they don't answer one well enough, they're probably going to leave Jacksonville with a loss. We know we won't see Richard LeCount in this game. We know we won't see Julian Rochester for the Bulldogs. How does that affect Georgia's ability to slow down Florida? Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and Darius Toney are as good a trio as there is in college football. We have seen Georgia play elite offenses in the last 10 games. We saw them do it against LSU in the SEC championship. Talking about Kentucky, right? 
It, yes, Kentucky was was a close third. <laughs> and then Alabama earlier this year, and we saw what happened. I don't think Florida is on that level. They are still very good. I don't believe they're at the level of, of LSU or even Bama this year. But really good offenses in college football, not just to Georgia, really good offenses have been shown that they can beat really good defenses. And that's why I wonder, can Georgia's offense score enough? They have not in the last six quarters. Yeah, and the defense was banged up heading into Kentucky. They were even more banged up leaving Lexington. That was before Richard LeCount's accident even happened. Obviously, he's a captain and a leader on that side of the ball, so that's a loss regardless. But that defense is banged up anyway. And then you look at the offense, not totally healthy either. And what you don't want to see is Stetson Bennett throw interceptions against Florida because they'll probably capitalize off that more than Kentucky was able to. Um, This is a rivalry game, and it'll be different with no tailgating down in Jacksonville, but still an exciting atmosphere nonetheless. So Georgia's going to have to clean it up a little bit, I think. And um, some of those, you know, they kept saying this after Kentucky, regardless of the injuries, it's got to be next man up. That's why you have all of these scholarships. That's why you practice. That's why you do the things you do. And it kind of sounds like a football cliche, but truly Georgia has to have that next man up mentality this weekend. Yeah, going going back kind of on the Georgia offense, 14 points over the last six quarters. That's That's not going to do it against the Gators. Florida's defense is not one, I think, that's going to strike fear into the heart of many opponents. They did uh, appear better against Missouri than they had earlier in the year. Um, but, but Georgia's still got to score. Georgia's still got to get the ball into the end zone if they want to beat Florida. 14 points isn't going to beat the Gators, I don't think. 21 points may not beat the Gators. Georgia's going to have to find a way to get some points on the board and we, we've said this just really for about two seasons now with Georgia. they got to find ways to be explosive. They have not been very explosive over the last game and a half. Can they find a way to do it against the Gators? Sounds like Stetson Bennett's going to be the guy uh, from this week. Again, uh, Kirby Smart kind of confirming that this week. Um, we'll see how things go. George Pickens, a, a George Pickens return would be good. Uh, that's still to be determined as well. The other top 10 game that we'll be watching this weekend, Clemson going to Notre Dame. No Trevor, no Trevor Lawrence again for the Tigers, still out after that positive COVID test. But, but he gets to go. <laughs> he does get to go. He will be on the sidelines. That was confirmed by Davo Swinney earlier this week, but he will not be playing. Instead, it'll be DJ Uyungle still uh, leading the Tigers offense. I say that to say this, though. Lindsay, no Trevor Lawrence, some injuries across the the Tigers, offensive and defensive units, and Clemson's still favored in this game on the road at Notre Dame. I think there's still a lot of national questions about just how good Notre Dame is, and the Irish can prove a lot with how they play Saturday against the Tigers at home, but I would expect – a lot of Travis Etienne from the Tigers. He is still healthy. He is still amongst 
the best offensive players, offensive weapons in college football. I expect the Tigers to lean heavily on ETN to see if they can escape South Bend with a victory. Yeah, I think one thing Boston College kind of showed that Clemson could be beatable. Obviously, Clemson rallied back to win that game, but you saw a few kinks in the armor. But uh, I, I think that Notre Dame probably doesn't like <laughs> heading into this not being favored at home, but they're going to need touchdown Jesus for sure to pull that one off, I do believe. Uh, Clemson playing inspired right now for whatever reason, um, playing really inspired football and um, Trevor Lawrence on the sideline. I don't know if that's going to help the Tigers or not, but he's going to be there and uh, can't wait to watch that one. be a lot of fun. Finally, here a little closer to home, Georgia Southern hosting Troy, one o'clock kickoff in Statesboro for homecoming. Troy's won three straight games against the Eagles, and the the thing to watch in this game, Lindsay, is can Georgia Southern slow down this fast-paced Troy offense? The Trojans run about 75 plays a game, second most in the SB, in the Sunbelt Conference, and that offense has given the Eagles all kinds of trouble in these three consecutive losses. Troy scored 35 points or more in each of the three games, and they've won by more than 14. Chad Lunsford said earlier this week, losing streaks to division opponents, his team has to take that personal, and they've got to go out and play like they're taking a personal affront to losing to Troy again. Uh, we'll see how they come out and answer that. I thought uh, Southern's win over South Alabama was a good one. Uh, Lunsford said that Felt like there were still points on the board that, that Georgia Southern could have scored 35-38 in that game, possibly, instead of 28. And a couple days off after winning on Thursday to now make sure you're ready to go uh, for this, this Troy team that's coming in, both at 4-2. and two, Both could really use another Sunbelt victory. Certainly couldn't – a Sunbelt loss would certainly not be good for either side. Uh, in, in terms of hanging on to the conference race. So we'll see what happens, but I'm intrigued to see how this, this Eagles defense, which has played really lights out for most of the year, uh, how they'll handle this Troy attack. Yeah, you mentioned the Georgia Southern defense. They have looked really good as of late, and they had a few extra days to rest up and prep for this game. So I'm excited to see how the Eagles come out. Uh, on homecoming and early, or not a noon game, but a one o'clock game uh, in Statesboro hosting Troy. I'll be there for that one. Um, excited to see how the Eagles come out and perform. It'll be a fun weekend, and it all starts tonight in the end zone. Lindsay and I will have scores and highlights from all across the area as we, as we mentioned earlier, get closer and closer to the beginning of the state playoffs. A lot of things to work out, though, in the next few weeks. That starts tonight. We'll be live from Pooler uh, with all the highlights and scores, kicking everything off around 11.15 tonight, the end zone during the news at 11. Lindsay, thanks for doing this. I want to thank all of you for downloading and listening. We hope to see you tonight in the end zone, and we'll talk to you next week to recap this Friday night of high school football. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you.